0: are back. Let's, let's do an obituary in its usual place in our third segment and note the passing actually a, a while ago, January 10th, of Mr. Bob Wilkins. He was a, a Northern California TV personality uh, known, I think, to anyone who can recall Creature Features, which was started out on the KTXL Channel 40 here in Sacramento and moved to the Bay Area, KTVU in Oakland. Said his obituary in the B by Robert Davila, Bob Wilkins, whose dry wit and good taste in bad movies kept baby boomers up late Saturday nights to watch low-budget horror films, died Wednesday. Wilkins got his start as a pop culture figure in 1966 as host of Seven Arts Theater, a late-night Saturday movie show on KCRA. He showed horror and sci-fi B-movies. That's being generous, I think. Mainly made in Japanese and dubbed in English, including Attack of the Mushroom People and... The Mummy's Hand, and The Blob, and House on Haunted Hill. Wait a minute, it's not a low-budget film. I like that movie with Vincent Price. And for the record, Mr. McMillan liked The Blob. Said so the obituary, he was an unlikely TV star dressed in a suit and tie with his blonde hair and a conservative cut and peering through horn-rimmed glasses. He sat in a rocking chair painted yellow to show off the KCRA's uh, new colors and angered sponsors with warnings that the movies were so bad, viewers should change the channel or turn off the TV. Don't stay up, lady deadpanned. It's not worth it. Instead, Mr. Wilkins' ironic sense of humor drew young people to the kitschy show with a cool host who puffed on a Panatello cigar. After he moved the show to KTVU in the Bay Area, which I remember well, he interviewed horror and sci-fi stars in the late-night show, including Boris Karloff, Mark Hamill, Christopher Lee, and Bill Shatner. Wilkins influenced many artists in the comics and movie industries, including filmmaker George Lucas, said Scott Moon, publisher of Planet X magazine. And I must confess, I I am an admirer of the comedy stylings of Bob Wilkins myself. Here's a quote. Our second film is Monster from the Ocean Floor. This movie's so bad it was delivered to Channel 2 in a brown paper bag. And we're through showing it tonight. It'll be part of a garage sale in Alameda tomorrow. Here's something about him I didn't know. Apparently when he was at KTV, he did a kid's show. Captain Cosmic and his Wonder Robot 2T2. Opened up with a classic bit of video, which uh, started out, faster than a speeding BART train. Showed <laughs> a clip of the captain running alongside a BART as it departs from a station. Stronger than the entire Oakland Raider football team. Picture the captain lifting a Volkswagen over his head. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Picture the captain flying a little close to the top of the Transamerica Pyramid Building with the sound effect of ripping pants. The thing I love about Wilkins was that, you know, he not only would tell people not to watch, he would begin his commentary by telling people what was on the other channels. God, I can just imagine this statement as you're bursting in after the break. Of course, one of my favorite quotes here comes from Wilkins, saying, Our feature tonight is Target Earth. It's a story about an army of robots from Venus. Of course, Switzerland is known for their watches, and Venus has always been known for their robots. And holy Toledo, that brings back memories. I've seen Target Earth. I may, I may have seen it on Creature Features. And actually, that, that's the beauty of something like Creature Features. If you ever get a chance to see Target Earth, by all means, take it in. I think it's right up there with Plan 9 from Outer Space. Had dialogue like... Uh, the Pentagon expert describing how they basically figured out how these robots were working. He said, they operate on charges, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. My favorite moment came when, uh, when the pedal pusher wearing ponytailed babe was smoking a cigarette uh, up in a building as they're looking down at the robots, which appeared to be silver paint covered cardboard boxes or at least men wearing silver-painted cardboard boxes were robotically marching through the streets of the city, one of the two men, there were, of course, two men and two women up in the room, one of them said, Well, I believe these creatures come from Venus. Venus is roughly the same size as the Earth and has temperatures very similar and an atmosphere quite, quite like ours. The woman took a drag on the cigarette and looked at him and said, Gosh, where'd you learn all that? To which he deadpanned, College. <laughs> Anyway, Bob Wilkins, another important guy in the history of the media. Maybe not quite a Paul Harvey stature, but in his own way, he cut quite a figure. Anyway, speaking of media legends Apparently uh, Oprah Oprah Winfrey Decided to come To our fair city Here of Sacramento To chronicle The homeless people Tent city Formed down by The American River In fact I just can't, I misplaced uh, An editorial From some guy In the Sacramento Bee uh, I don't know, A month or two ago Explaining how Tent cities might solve Our homeless problem here This comes from The bad idea file but this made me want to quote from a, a rebuttal, uh, something of a rebuttal posted by, by David H. Lookin' Bill on the Bee. The Oprah show actually showed, as much as the tragedy of people on the streets, the giving heart of the Sacramentans who are doing so much to help. And that's a good thing, though the tent city now growing in the parkway behind the Blue Diamond Plant will cause great harm to the American River Parkway, probably for years to come. And that is a very bad thing. The show also failed to present a balanced approach to the homeless situation, focusing only on those who apparently have lost their homes through the current recession. And much of that aspect of it raised more questions than answers. Yes, personally, I'm I'm rather appalled by the the notion that uh, these people out in these homeless uh, encampments have very much to do with the current mortgage crisis. They, by and large, do not. I don't mean to sound harsh, but left to their own devices, the good people at Loaves and Fishes would bring every homeless person, I think, in the western United States to Sacramento. Not to sound like Paul Harvey here, but I do have considerable experience with the homeless. I have lost lots of nights of sleep getting up to treat them. And among the mentally ill or unable to find good treatment centers, and people who genuinely have had bad luck in life, are a considerable number of people with antisocial personalities and a substantial number who are not big fans of working for a living. A considerable number of people wind up, quote, homeless, unquote, because of their own misbehavior. No, I'm not trying to be mean here, but that is a fact that should not be overlooked. They hosted a forum last week in Sacramento that I wanted to comment on. It was titled, Can You Trust Your Doctor?, this was hosted by the good people at the Sacramento Bee and uh, Capital Public Radio. The host, Dr. Michael Wilkes, was very capable. It covered numerous points in the whole health controversy pretty well and was surprisingly sympathetic to doctors its, given its title. Now, of course, I'm sometimes fortunate enough to be able to participate uh, in, in the radio activities of the good people at Capital Public Radio. and I haven't been shy about expressing my belief that that particular topic was ill-chosen. I mean, they were looking for a grabber. But in fact, Dr. Wilkes asked the audience, how many people trust your doctor? About 80 to 85% of the hands went up. When he asked, how many trust your HMO? You could count the number of hands on one hand. So perhaps it should have been titled, can you trust your HMO? Anyway, I don't wanna belabor this. There's lots of problems nationally and locally with healthcare. I'm sure if I ever chose to, I could fill up an entire hour-long program with some of the uh, uh, terrible things I've witnessed right here practicing medicine in this town over the past two decades. But very little of it had to do with whether you could trust your doctor, although I thought uh, it was supremely ironic that in the audience, as far as I could see, and I know a lot of docs in this town, I don't know them all, but as far as I know, there were only two of us in the audience... The other guy was a doc I wouldn't trust any further than I could throw him. So I hope he at least got something out of the forum. I'm looking forward to the next one in the series. Has your doctor stopped beating his wife? But no, seriously, Cap Radio is a great institution. So is the Sacramento Bee. Dr. Michael Wilkes is very capable. I'm quite certain that that in the future they will have some good discussions. And I'm going to try and do anything I can to try and uh, uh, assist that process. I am sorry to note that that the interview conducted with uh, Dickie Smothers almost made it under the Insight program last week, but uh, got bumped right off the air when they went to cover the new um, NBA proposal for a Kings Arena at Cal Expo. Yeah, the Sacramento Kings are determined to get a new arena here in this town. And unfortunately, this plan, like all the others, appears to be a little vague on funding. In fact, they're still debating as to whether the owners, the Maloofs, are going to contribute. Anyway, I guess it's time to repeat Radio Parallax's standing offer. that when, If the Kings want to move to Las Vegas, we'll help them pack. Personally, with all due respect, I think the proposal, uh, no matter how many b- beautiful charts you present, if you, if you haven't figured out how you're going to fund the thing, or just hold off on the presentation... It is hard to decide what constitutes news. It's something we we grapple with every week on this program. Just want to close with an example, a pretty clear-cut example of something I think is not news. This comes from the February 21st issue of New Scientist magazine and says the following. Hunt for the Higgs boson is hotting up. Teams at the Tevatron Particle Accelerator in Batavia, Illinois, have declared that they have at least a 50% chance of finding the Higgs within the next two years. Adding, if the Higgs has a high mass, the probability could be 96%. Personally, I think a team of scientists declaring that they're going to do something is not exactly a burning hot solid news item. So it's kind of like people declaring they're going to be able to control nuclear fusion as soon as they can figure out how to, you know, keep the plasma Necessary for fusion reactions contained. They've been working on this one for 50 years. This gives me a chance to forward promote a future guest. This will be Mr. Charles Seif, the author of Sun in a Bottle, which tells a story about the elusive quest to control nuclear fusion, something we all hope scientists will be able to do. But no one's betting there's a 96% chance or even 50% chance they're going to be able to pull that one off. We're looking forward to interviewing uh, Mr. Seifey about his excellent book, and I want to thank the producer of the Leonard Lopate Show and WNYC for sending us that, uh, that book. That, of course, is uh, KDVS's former general manager, Stephen Valentino, who before that was a DJ at KZFR in Chico. Thanks, Steve. program was produced by Edward McMillan. We will see you next week. Uh, at least, uh, well, I won't see you next week because I'm going to be in Honduras. Fortunately, we have a couple of excellent interviews in the can, which we will bring you on next week's program. That'll be Dick Smothers talking about the illustrious Smothers Brothers and John Hall talking about the tragedy in Guyana, which happened 30 years ago. Two different subjects, but two good interviews. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. We'll see you next week at the same time.